what's that little animal that I love in the Star Wars movie? Puppy. Oh, Porgs. Yeah, Porgs. Chewbacca. If all of those things and the and Ewoks, yes. right? All of those things would have seemed hard to do if someone had described it to you, but there is a way to do it. But it's just like literally a guy in a suit. All of them, <laughs> know, all but like, of them but, but the Porgs are like, you know, it's like they're expressive. Do you, and they, okay. I love tangents. Can I get into a tangent? About Porgs for a second. Oh, okay. Do you know why Porgs are in the movie? I think you told me this, but I don't remember. Okay, they so they filmed it oh, on yeah, Skellig yeah. St. Michelle or whatever, this ancient uh, Irish island yeah. or whatever, and they could not puffins, get right? the puffins out yeah. of the shots. So they just drew <laughs> these stupid little things over top of them because they couldn't move them. I think that is very funny. It's so cool. It's also, Porgs are the best thing in Star Wars. That's probably true. Yeah. I don't know. That's debatable. This is not a Star Wars podcast, okay? Timeshare, a Children of Time podcast. I'm Maya, and I am the greatest Children of Time fan ever born. Uh, who else are you besides Children of Time? I don't, is there more to me? Yeah, I believe there's a little bit. I, I hear you good. have other podcasts and you have a job and stuff. I happen to work at a podcasting company called Anchor. That seems relevant. And I have many other podcasts. Um, the two that I would recommend you listen to, one is called Dairy Connection, D-E-R-Y, and it is a Stephen King podcast. The other is called Blood on Their Hands, and it is a Big Brother podcast. <laughs> that is a fascinating name for a Big Brother <laughs> podcast. Well, it's because they never want to get blood on their hands. What? I'll explain it later. Okay. I guess if you I listen to, to Big, Brother, Big Brother, you get it. Okay. I hear that you have a lot of fans for that. I do, actually. I know. I, that wasn't sarcastic. Yeah. Yeah. This is the stories I've heard. Yeah. Okay. And who are you? I'm Toby. Uh, and I am the world's second biggest fan Ooh. of Children of Time, only based on time. I think that <laughs> now I may I may be equal. I don't think so. Uh, maybe. Let's start counting how many people we recommend the book to, and we'll see who wins. Uh, a thousand? How no, many people work at my now. company? Oh, I'm also a game designer. I work at a company called Dots. Pretty we fun game. games about dots. We, sh- <laughs> we just make dots here. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's fun. Uh, but I believe I have told everyone at Dots. Well, it doesn't really matter how many people you told. It's how many people read it. Oh, but I've got, I have one that's completed it. Okay. I have like four that have completed it. I don't believe you. Okay. I'll start counting. Uh, This is so, Oh, our podcast should be called (gasps) children of time pyramid scheme. I love that. Cause we're at the top of the pyramid. Yeah. Ooh, that's real. Well, technically, I'm at the top of the pyramid. Yeah. And you're the second we level. We could be but... like the pharaohs mm-hmm. that are in the pyramid and are dead, and now it's falling that. apart. How about like children of time scheme? Wait, oh, what's it called when you get a timeshare? Yeah, <gasps> children of time. Sh- Wait, this doesn't make sense. Children <laughs> of selling timeshares. Mm. No, there's something here. Oh, it should just be called timeshare because no. we're sharing our children of time love. Children of time share. <laughs> is this good? I can't tell. I've drank an entire bottle of wine at this point, so it I can't tell. It could just be what's... Timeshare colon, a Children a ch- of Time <gasps> podcast. Oh my God, I'm so into that. M dash, chapter one. <laughs> I, all titles need both a colon, a semicolon, and an M I think you want to choose one of those, but I'm very into Timeshare. Okay. Timeshare colon. I like that. A Children okay. of Time podcast. And here's podcast. our gimmick is that either we have just convinced someone to read it or we're trying to convince someone to read it. Okay, yeah, I like that. Love that. That sounds and great. And we're sharing our feelings. I love how much we've planned this ahead of time. Yeah, it's important. You have to, 
when you're making a podcast, you really have to have a plan, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's only an idiot would just go in blind. (laughs) (laughs) Or two idiots. Or two idiots. Yeah, that is true. When you first pitched me this book, you pitch it as (laughs) spider people in space, I believe was your tagline. Uh, And I feel like that is the worst pitch I've ever heard for this book. It is so not... When you hear spiders in space, you think like... Some sort of stupid science. Yeah, like Star Wars with spiders. It sounds so unbelievably dumb. I had like this image of like a spider in like a zero gravity suit with a laser on its belt. (laughs) That sounds cool. (laughs) I I guess. Uh, And this is not at all that. And I was very happy when I started reading it that it was actually great. How would you describe it in one sentence? Because I I used to tell people the plot in like 20 minutes and that got old on everyone. That's worse. You shouldn't do that. And then I condensed it into spiders in space. So I've been trying to pitch this on all my friends so I feel like I've gotten it kind of. What's your pitch? My pitch is it's like it's post-apocalyptic but not like you've seen before Mm. Uh, and it's it prevents a very like actual scientific view of like post-apocalypse hyper future kind of thing uh but it's not like you know wastelands and fallouts like not like one of the things i've said is none of it takes place on earth which i think helps yeah and i i often said that i try because you it's really hard not to spoil anything so i'll say like Half of it is presented like a nature documentary, which mm. is really interesting. And if you listen to the audiobook, it's fantastic because the woman who reads it is British. And it's is like, that how you did the audiobook? Yeah, I did the audiobook. Mm. And she that does sound nice. It sounds like a real nature uh, documentary because, you know, British people do nature documentaries. I yeah. believe that's all they do in England. That's cool. Yeah. So that was really cool. I think it's interesting you describe it as post apocalyptic, like in terms of the human side of the equation because yeah. i don't give a shit about that part of the story yeah i guess it's just the framing of it like you don't want to say anything specific because you're right that's not really what matters but it's yeah. the idea of okay we're way in the future humanity's on its last legs yeah i will say i went into it totally blind i didn't know anything about it because all the reviews that i saw were like don't look up anything just read the story and i from like page three i was shocked and so like pleasantly yep. surprised by all the crazy like, even the first thing that happens i was like oh my god that's what this book is so in a way, I don't want to ruin that for people. Yeah. But also... But that's not what this podcast I'm, is for, right? Right. So here's what I was thinking. I think we can t- say the general like beginning plot of the book. I think in a future episodes, we can have spoilers. But I think for this first one, we should keep it spoiler free. Oh, man. I want to spoil the shit out of it. Like the ending? I feel like... I think we can talk about things that happen in the book, but Maybe not... we should segment it into like... You should turn it off now if you yeah, haven't read the book. Totally. I think... Look, if you want to be totally surprised by the entire plot of this very good book... Stop listening. Yeah. Go read the book. It'll take you about a month and then come back and listen to the rest yeah, of our I episode. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it was very quick. Let me tell you. So that's your pitch. That's what you've been saying to yeah. people. You've heard mine about 10 times. I'm yeah, gonna. We have a ghost space. over there in the room who will remain nameless, but I'm going to tell him the plot of the book because he's never heard of it. Okay. Here's how I always tell the, tell the plot of this book. So... The world is over. Humanity is basically extinct. There's a small number of people who are left, and they're trying to figure out how to colonize the rest of the universe and terraform a new planet that humans can live on. What? No, keep going, keep going. I have comments. Edit this part out. Bazinga. That's so when you see the word bazinga, you'll, you'll know to edit it out. Oh, God. I have to remember <laughs> not to say bazinga then. Yeah. <laughs> Just in natural conversation, like I normally do. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> okay. So they're figuring out how they're going to terraform a planet so that you, what are you doing? 
I can't. This, <laughs> I gotta. I come with my own cleaning supplies. <laughs> Did you spill something? <laughs> yeah, I spilled a little wine. Okay. I got it. I got He's it. already had too much. I'm wine. very responsible. Okay, so they come up with this genius idea to terraform this planet that they find that appears to have perfect living conditions. Like if they terraform it correctly, like it's the right size. It has the right. I don't know. It doesn't have the right. It has the right ozone layer, but it doesn't have, um, like, the terraforming isn't there. I don't know. Whatever. I'm not a scientist. They- you aren't? <laughs> wow. This is so, new information. So their plan is they send this, um, this scientist woman in a spaceship to this planet, and she has two payloads for the planet. Mm-hmm. One is literally a barrel full of monkeys. Yep. It is a bunch of monkeys that they have rescued from Earth or whatever, I guess, and they're going to drop those monkeys to be, like, the first generation on this planet. The other is this serum, I guess, or it's something. It's a nanovirus. A na- sure, a nanovirus. That sounds better. That they are going to drop with the barrel of monkeys, and the idea is it's going to um, uh, like escalate their evolution really quickly. So it's like these monkeys in a few generations will turn into humans yeah. and be able to um, to evolve and to build the planet up how Earth was. Right. That's basically. Yeah, I think there's some but kind of important details that yeah. you've missed. But something goes wrong. Yeah. That's and always the, the end of my pitch. <laughs> but I, I know, but it's just so good. This sells no, everyone on the book. You don't. I think it's say better it. to not say I'm gonna what happened. I'm going to say it. Okay. We already warned people. Well, yeah, we this know now. This isn't the first chapter of the book. It's not a spoiler. I know. You can leave the room if you don't want me to tell you. Well, I mean, now he knows. So something goes it. wrong. The monkeys don't make it to the planet, but the nanovirus does. And so the nanovirus works on the organisms that are already there, which is spiders. So instead, this nanovirus <laughs> dramatic pause, this nanovirus pause dramatic effect, very <laughs> that is meant to turn um, monkeys into humans with some important changes that we'll get into, yeah. um, instead affects spiders. And so the book ends up being this really interesting, like, um, look at it's sort of like if humans were spiders. So they like think like humans and they have society like humans, but they have their own way of thinking and their own culture and their own like tools and yeah so one of the things i loved about the book is it's i, I looked up this after the fact it was written by the guy who wrote it is a zoology i know professor. i saw that too yeah which so, totally makes sense yeah my dad is actually also uh he's not a zoology professor but he's an ecologist oh he's a has he read the book professor no but i'm trying to i actually told he him he can come to be on the podcast last week on Great. his birthday so Great. um happy birthday yes he's very happy i'm sure uh <laughs> But so one of the things I think is really cool is that the guy clearly knows his stuff about zoology and creatures. And so the way that the spiders evolve in different ways than humans would are very like appropriate for the ways that spiders actually behave in the wild. It doesn't feel like a weird cartoony sci-fi book that has spiders in it. It feels like this very realistic portrayal of what spiders could turn into. It feels like a, a nature documentary. Yeah. But like a nature documentary where the spiders get injected with a nanovirus that well, makes yes, them super yes. a, smart. An awesome and, nature documentary. And like community oriented. So whose pitch do you think is better now that you've heard both? Are we asking the room or are you asking me? <laughs> you. Well, clearly I think my pitch is better because okay. I came up with it. If you're listening to this podcast, tell us whose pitch you think is better. Yeah, vote in the comments. Are there comments? No, you can either you can, there, you can download the Anchor app and send us a voice message or you can talk to either one of us on Twitter. Yeah, you can call me. My phone number is... Don't oh, put no, your don't, phone number. Don't do that? Okay. I'm Maya Fish on Twitter. Uh, I don't know what I... Oh, I'm T. Sarnelli on tr- Twitter, which is harder to spell, so you guys name. can no just tweet at me. To, yeah, yeah no one follows me on Twitter. It's fine. <laughs> Let's go back to the beginning of why we're doing this podcast. Yeah. Why are we doing this podcast? Uh, I think it's because we like this book. Well, one of us liked this book first. Yes. You liked this book first. Yeah. Uh, Maya 
you spent, I don't, probably almost two years attempting to convince us and all of our friends. Yeah. I tell you, literally everyone yes. to read this book and everyone just makes fun of me and says that it sounds stupid. Well, you get really drunk. We go out for <laughs> dinner. You get very drunk and then you go read the book about the space spiders. But, but now don't you feel silly for not reading it sooner? No, I still feel like you should have sold it better. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I, I put this blame on you. Yeah. Uh, I do feel like I am very happy I read it and I feel like people who have not read it are like living half of their best life. I agree. I think people are, I really think that like, I have never read a book that made me feel the way this one did. And I, the whole time I was reading it, it just felt like someone, like this, it was this perfect book that was created just for me. Yeah. I mean, I love nature documentaries also. Yeah. So that, that helped. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think the way it twists between being like an occasionally kind of a personal tale while also being like this, this societal Epic, lens like kind spanning. of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so much about it is about human nature and about, you know, the pros and cons of society. But also about spiders in space. <laughs> yes. It's a, I, well, I, so <laughs> the spiders are just an allegory for human nature, but it's like, no, they are. How? What do you mean? That, that they, in a lot of ways, make the same mistakes that humanity does. The only times they don't is the things that the nanovirus prevents them from doing being the worst they could be. I, I see. mean, frequently they're, they're going through the same motions that humanity went through. I didn't uh, pick up on that at all. Oh, there's a bunch of that. Like they find religion, they find all kinds yeah, of things. Yeah, but spider religion. Yeah, sure, but it's still it's still an allegory for human religion. I like, guess I don't I don't really feel the need to find allegory in everything. Well, I don't think you need to. I think it can be enjoyed without it, but I think that's definitely an undercurrent of it is that like I so I I pitched this to Margaret, who is some a woman that I work with who's great. Has she read it? No, but I'm trying to get her to read it. And her response because she is who she is was is it a sci is it a feminist science fiction book kind Which of i had not even told her it was a science fiction book and my response was yes yeah i, th I think it is a feminist science fiction yeah book. and so i think but like that's a really good point of like like it's a feminist science fiction book because there's this allegory for feminism that the spiders are going through, which I mean is it's it's, it's a not, very literal direct how is allegory. It an a, I don't think it's an allegory for feminism. It's just a what do you call it? A matriarchal society? Yeah, but it's like it's it's making it's a matriarchal society, but it's making points of kind of showing how ridiculous our patriarchal society yeah. is, right? I really enjoyed that all the men spiders were just tiny little spiders that got killed all yeah, the time. Yeah, of course you did. They were the, like <laughs> little tiny slaves that just like irritated everyone. Yeah, it was like, it was an amped up version of what, you know, feminism has, but see, what women I didn't, have gone through. That's it. not what I heard, it, like read at all. I felt like it was just, it was like a, a riff on actual spider society, which is like men are useless and tiny and get eaten. Well, I think that's the thing that's so brilliant about it is that it's both. I think that it's, it's a, it makes sense like from a from a biological standpoint, like this is what happens with spiders, but also it really is. They, I mean, they they go out of their way to like show this human or this uh, this heroic male spider eventually mm. that like basically is being a feminist for the males, right? To kind of show, oh hey, look, this this is stuff that happens in even in the reverse society, it can happen. I, I think it's really interesting that you like you have this whole kind of like higher level appreciation for this book. <laughs> and I literally just enjoyed reading about spiders. Well, I also <laughs> like that. I mean, it's not just that, but it's no, the, I do. But I think like this this book won. What is it? One of the sci fi awards a couple years Hugo? ago. That's no, it was the, that's Arthur the only C. Clarke. OK, it won that one a couple years ago. And I found this great um, this great quote about it. Um, it said uh, the work was praised for tackling big themes 
gods, messiahs, artificial intelligence, alienness with brio. First of all, Wait, I don't. What, what is brio? I do not know what that word means. <laughs> and I think that's a good metaphor for how I do read you, this book. Do you think maybe they meant brie? Is it cheese? I don't think so. Okay. I don't know. I think it's a smart word. Because I think this book could have used a little more cheese. Yeah. I don't remember there being any cheese nice at all. Soft cheese. Yeah. It on. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I like, I found all of these reviews of the book when I was looking it up, and all of them are talking about like, how deep it is and philosophical and all this stuff. And I literally, again, I read it like a year or two ago, but like, I really just thought it was a great fun action story with some spiders. Well, so I think that's, what's so incredible about it to me. I'm just is a that, very simple person. Yeah. You know, I'm I, like, I know you're not a simple person, but <laughs> I, you, maybe you have simple pleasures. Uh, yeah. the, I, I felt like the reason I loved it so much. And the reason that I've been pitching it to everyone is that usually when I read, like, so I've been, another way I've been pitching it is it's like classic sci-fi, right? Yes. Like, like uh, Asimov or something, right? Yeah. But then I always have to follow that up with, but not insanely boring because I kind of hate Asimov. I'm, yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm a plebe, so that well, I th- makes sense. I agree, though. I think there's like certain, like certain stories that he has that are thrilling and so yeah. fun to read. Most are not. Yes. But I think you're right that this has all the elements of it where yeah. it's like so creative and it's a page turner and yes. like there's all this sort of like gender bending and like cross species stuff and you know sort of like these crazy scary like hypothetical futuristic situations but it's what i always tell everyone is like when i'm done with my 20 minute speech about why they should read the book is like it literally is a page turner from the first yeah for sure you you are completely invested in the plot and you want to know what happened the next all the time yeah Uh, and it never feels like it's preachy but it's always, in my opinion, it was always saying something to me. Do you me. think people are going to think that we got paid to, <laughs> to promote this book? <laughs> Probably. You know, uh, uh, Adrian, think... if you're out there, um, if you want to send us some Children of Time merch or... Does that exist? Is it just like little he spiders? Can make some, that... I don't know. Okay. They get little technology, little spiders with their little spacesuits. Yeah. I would love that. Yeah, that'd be should pretty cool. Should we make cool. shirts for this podcast? Obviously, we should make shirts for the podcast. Okay. One of the things I really liked about this book was how terrible humanity constantly was like i felt like every time you would check in so there's like a main character right a main human character uh what's his holden holston, holston Hol- something holston. holston reed maybe something like that uh you know what bothered me about holston they were super boring that but also th- he kept describing him as like a sad old man yeah i don't even know i don't even think he was that old yeah, I think he was like four. Sorry, I think he was like basically. Wow, your sorry, age. that's uh, <laughs> everything's no, great over here. I think he here. was like middle aged, and they kept being like, "Oh, he's like so well, ragged." Well, I think that was partially an in joke because they frequently call him the oldest man mm. in the universe. Because it's like you're not going to send old people, and I think he says this: but you're I not going to send old people on an ark. So he's just the oldest on the ship. Yeah, but he's like four. But he's not by the end, right? Right. But he is at the start. Yeah. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um. That was so. That was another thing that that tripped me up. Like I loved that it keeps subverting your expectations. Right at the very start, you're you're the the. I remember in the first chapter, she's talking about she's she's like giving an address to the rest of the space station she's on, and she's giving it via like like it almost sounds like te- telepathic network. She's like operating all of this stuff in this like like directly connecting to other people's brains yeah, to I talk to that. them. And I was at first, I'm like, is this gonna be like super crazy advanced star trek sci-fi because i don't know that i want that uh and then immediately all of that is gone and then i go wait 
so are there no humans in this story? <laughs> and then next you you meet you see these people who are thousands and thousands of years in the future on an ark ship escaping Earth, and so much has happened in since the chapter that you were just reading. Yeah. And you're like piecing together this mystery of wait, what the hell happened and who are these people and where are they and what is going on? And that I think gives you this driving force to get through. And I think allowing you to see those mysteries is super exciting. Yeah. And you figured out the telepathy thing, right? What do you mean? Like how that works? I thought it was chips and they're like No, I thought didn't they explain it's possible I'm confusing this with another book that I've read since then, but I thought it was um they have a like a thing in their helmet that they literally control with their tongue, like oh, a that, switch. That was, and that lets them, it's basically like binary that lets them decide yeah. who they want to talk to. I believe that was the second, that's the second earth technology. So this oh. is the ancient earth technology. So they literally did used to have telepathy. Yeah, the way she was talking about it, she's like, he would directly patch in and patch out like, and would be blocked by people. It sounded like there was no manual switches, but mm-hmm. you're definitely right that the later humans did yeah. have switches in their helmets. Well, and I agree. That's one of the cool things is that they used to have better technology yes. and it actually went, it's sort of like, um, didn't that happen in Battlestar that like they're using sort of like old futuristic technology Yeah, yeah. for a different reason, but yeah. yes. Uh, yeah, I thought that was really cool how it's like they, so I don't, I don't think they ever explained why he was called what he was. Wasn't he called like a futurist? But the the idea that he's this historian that they brought with him, that's the only reason he's on the ship is yeah. because he's he's older than anyone should be on this. It's like right. a ship and isn't to he save like, society. He's, he's like familiar with like, basically like the downfall of I humanity, right? I think it is right? futurist. I think is what they called them. May, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, so he's familiar with the, they call them the ancient empire, which is the, um, the humans from the like time of future. the first lady. Yeah, the pre-wiping ourselves out the first time yeah so like 2025 yeah (laughs) climate change probably not even that far but yeah yeah uh although in this i did think it was kind of refreshing that it wasn't climate change that doomed us it was us killing ourselves yeah it was nukes right yeah well i mean that might happen also some nukes it was like a a, i think a lot of it was a techno virus listen if you're hearing this in the year 2030 please travel back in time and save us i was gonna say congratulations i'm very happy that you're still alive uh you're doing great no one's gonna still be alive it's true in uh, the meantime, there though. are a lot of parallels, though, to <laughs> modern stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, and one of the, so one of the things I really liked is that every time you check in with this Holston guy, right? Back to my point from an hour ago. Uh, <laughs> you, We've been here for six hours. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he he wakes up, you know, periodically on the ship, and it always seems like the humans on the ship have done something new, terrible. Yeah. That is unbelievably predictable of Right. Humanity. Well, isn't it like, isn't the idea like he goes into deep sleep and while he's sleeping, there's literally entire new generations that are born. Eventually. So like initially that's not the plan, right? Like at first they're right, supposed to just show up as a planet. Things go wrong, of course. And then like there's one of the times he wakes up, there's like a, a religious cult yeah. that's been formed. And you're like, oh my God, humanity is going to... They're literally on the last ark ship yeah. to save All humanity. All humans are on that ship and they're like burning and we're it down. roaring over it stupid crap. Feel, it's yeah. so unbelievably realistic that at times it was really depressing, which is why if we are allowed to talk about the ending, mm. I was blown away by the ending. I, I can I keep it vague. We, yeah, don't say what happened, but a I good, think you can talk about how A good vague way to say is that I kept seeing that the ending could not possibly be in any way positive like humanity i agree had been so messed up well don't say what happens no, I'm not we say won't what say happens. if it was negative or positive but i agree i, I, felt I had like, a theory about how it was going to end and i was wrong i felt like the book was going to end up as a bummer and like i was going to end up feeling like hey i hate everything and, and i'm not sure i love did. this book no Who knows? You i have to read the book i think it's fair to say it it ended in a way that i felt good about the ending 
Like I didn't feel bummed. Now yeah. it's not. It was a. Um, it was satisfying. Yes, it was yes. a satisfying ending. Yes. Oh man, I we we need to have another one where you can talk about the ending. We will. The ending was we'll super have, cool. So our ideas for this podcast is every episode we'll have a different person who read the book, and we'll force them to talk about it. <laughs> We we have a gun that we hold in people's yeah. heads. <laughs> I also think we could have people who are refusing to read the book and ask them what's wrong with them. Yeah, we should do that. I have a lot of people. I, I know, like same. What if nominate? we do like a mega episode where we have like 10 people on? No, that sounds like hell. And we just hand each of them the microphone and we say, explain yourself. I feel like that's generally frowned upon. Toby, we're changing the world of podcasting, okay? This is the first podcast of its kind. No <laughs> one's ever recorded a podcast about this book before. Let's talk about the spiders. Okay. They can jump. Oh my God. They're can jumping they? spiders. Yeah, they sure can. Um, well, let's, start, I think, let's not tell the whole story about the spiders, but I think we can start with like the first. Was saying they can jump too much? No, but I think <laughs> like, like, tell me about the, like, how you get introduced to the spiders, like well, the so original. You get introduced when it's literally a, a nature documentary. Like yeah. She comes in and she's, she's. It's sort of like the equivalent of like seeing like a caveman. Right. It's like this. Sure. But it's it's so one of the things that I really like about the book is that uh, it the tone, like the the perspective of the spider chapters is always presented like third person detached kind right. of thing. So it really sounds like yeah, a nature documentary. So it right. feels like a nature documentary because right. they they like they give names to the spiders, but they acknowledge that the spiders don't really have names. Well, no, but remember. So in the first chapter, her name, it's like the species that she is. Yes. What, do you remember what it is? No, but they call her Portia. Yeah. So and Portia is like a shortening of like arachnid portiaitis or something and it's like that when i'm a you should scientist definitely be in charge of naming i am creatures. a smart scientist okay yes definitely <laughs> i'm very familiar uh, with species but yeah, or... so you you also should listen to the audiobook because the it starts off and i might because like, i want to reread the book anyway the, the mother spider descends from her web <laughs> and sneaks oh up God, on the so other good. creature it's go on very, i don't i don't remember it's like there's a whole bunch there's a bunch of like like it's like very david attenborough where they're talking about like what's going on in the spiders like like this spider has adapted to understand <laughs> that it can know where another creature is without being inside of it you have such a good british but you sound like you're like a hobbit <laughs> oh i believe i am a hobbit uh it goes in and out so <laughs> you can't really rely on it uh but yeah it's it's uh it so starts they start, yeah they start with these like detached. raw spiders they're literally just hunting i believe it's hunting another spider well and that's the thing is the portia genus or species or whatever it yeah. is again i'm a scientist um they are hunters yes and so it's and i i, as I, I believe recall, all spiders are hunters. no at, like i think in the first chapter they show you a different a few different kinds of spiders Ooh, like so you a don't, nesting spider yeah and there's another one that's like um like there's one that hides versus fighting right yeah, like, and you don't spider. know which one it's going to focus on i've seen on. those before in guatemala okay we get it yeah. you travel you don't step Very in impressive. Those. don't step in the hole because there's a giant <laughs> spider in there that's horrifying yeah please don't uh, say that the so yeah so one thing i think we neglected to mention in the initial starting recap thing is the nanovirus like she makes a mention of the nanovirus being specifically engineered to only work in monkeys uh but that was monkeys as compared to uh uh, reptiles and mammals mm. right so she apparently has an oversight completely forgot invertebrates as a thing that could have what the a virus dumb scientist yeah she's very stupid yeah. that's obvious um so she's it's like not, me if i were a scientist yes i <laughs> don't worry i suppose I yeah i tested it on i tested it on koalas <laughs> i tested it on the cute little bunnies even a gecko what's All the, the problem i can think of yeah. every animal that was adorable i put this virus in and it was fine do you think I should be a scientist? I think you should be a scientist hmm. for sure. I technically am a scientist. 
and that I have a computer science degree. That's which says science right there in the arguable, name. Arguable, but okay. okay. All right. Uh, the but so one of the things that I thought was very interesting is that all of the different invertebrates on the planet are infected with this virus. So it's not just these jumping spiders. Right. Aren't there like mega centipedes or something? I don't think that I, no, I'm sure there are. I don't, I do not remember. I thought there was something, there's like some other there creature is. that. It's not centipedes. What is that? Well, so there's oh. another spider. Yeah. Okay. So is that she, a spoiler? No, it's not a spoiler. It's very important. If you're listening, we're probably about to tell you a lot of spoilers. Well, so no. You... So I said it, it infects, it infects invertebrates, right? Which includes all kinds of different insects, right? Uh, ants become a fairly important thing. We, we don't have to go into specifics. There is another but it type is of spider. Fascinating. It is. All I will the say ant about stuff the, is really good. The ant stuff is really cool. And the reason it's cool is because spiders and ants both evolve such different forms of yeah. weapons. And it's so interesting. And just and different communication. Yeah. Yep. Different yeah. everything. Yeah. Um, it's really interesting. God, that book is so good. I got it. Really it is good. very good. The way that the ants uh, evolve in ways that ants would evolve, whereas the spiders advance in ways spiders would evolve. Um, and so they, they, like they stop the ants stop evolving in certain ways that they don't need to evolve because they already have like different advantages uh, and disadvantages. Can I just say one thing about the ants? It's yeah. kind of a spoiler. I think we should talk spoilers. They're fire ants. Yes. It's well, so some of them cool. Are. I don't think they all. They have are. like fire, like they can they blast shoot acid out of their asses. Yeah. Well, yes. there's acid and there's fire ones too. Yes. They do both. It's so cool. Yeah. The uh, well, I, what I thought was even cooler than that is that the. The ants almost act as a surrogate for technology for the spiders eventually. So I have in ways. Which yeah, I thought was really which is cool. Very cool. Like I a huge credit to the author is like being His name able is Adrian. Adrian, our our good buddy Adrian, who's first paying name. us. Yeah. Uh I I feel <laughs> like uh he's wiring us money. He's right wiring us it right now from England. 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 I looked that up. Uh and uh one of the things I think is really difficult is to come up with you know, technology that's not the technology we know, right? So he comes up with this entire system of advancement uh, and technology and, like, language and all of these I things. I forgot about this whole thing. It's so cool. Yeah. Uh, and none of them, there's no, there's very little metal. So, like, he makes a point of saying that the planet didn't have a lot of metal in it, which makes sense because a terraform planet would not because metal deposits and build what over are they, time. So they use wood? So they use some wood. They mostly use what? silk. Wood is flammable yes. and so is silk. But they mostly use their silk that they have, uh, you know, inside of them. But then also they, they use, they have a ton of uh, biological technology, right? Yeah. Uh, because that's something that they, like, they can scent things in ways that humans wouldn't be able to. They can communicate in, in oh other my God, strange the, ways. The beat thing with their yep. feet. All oh. the, uh, so I was, uh, slight tangent, I was talking to one of my friends at work who I did get to read the book. And she was asking... What's her name? Her name's Ashley. Ashley, if you're listening, come be on our podcast. Yeah, she's going to have to. She told her boyfriend to read it. And is he, he reading it? He is reading it. They can both be on the podcast. They can both be on the podcast. Uh, and he was asking, do you think they should make this into a movie? And I said... When we, me and her both talked about this, and we kind of agreed, I don't know that it would make a great movie. I think, I think that the story would be really good for a movie. I think that there would be so many challenges with dialogue. Yeah. Because the ant, the spiders communicate via vibrations and shaking, so there'd be a lot of just like spiders gesticulating with but their I think arms it, everywhere. They, they would use like subtitles, or yeah, it would like sound like sure, words to us. I think there's a way to do it. I don't think you can do 20 minutes of a show where there's just subtitles and a lot of scratching and scratching. I think I think there's a way to do it. Also, uh, someone bought the movie rights. Oh. Okay, so someone bought the rights to the movie. Uh huh. Who bought it? 
Um, I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> I hope it wasn't Michael Bay. It's not Michael Bay. Well, that's good. Um, but also, do you know that he is working on a sequel that comes out next year? That I am interested in. I am super so interested. So that's what I, one of the things I said to Ashley was uh, that I feel like it's actually quite open for a sequel. Now, I'm, I will say, though, that I'm a little worried that it's kind of be like a Dune, Children of Dune kind of thing, where it's like the first book did all this really cool stuff and it was a very specific, unique thing. And then all the ones after that are just kind of like yeah. not at all like the first one. I do think it's possible that this might just be the the spiders literally exploring Yeah, space no, I think it. this would be a much more traditional yeah. sci-fi book. But who knows? Maya, spoilers. What? The spiders exploring space? <laughs> That's a pretty big spoiler. Well, do you want to know what it's called? Spiders exploring space? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's called Children of Ruin. Oh. Mm. Maybe it's a prequel. Mm, it could not, actually it's not you sure yeah you sure it's a direct yeah. sequel yeah okay because i would be really interested to see a little bit more about the fall of humanity i mean they talk about it a lot yeah but like i feel like i actually don't i like that he left that as kind of an unspoken yeah. things it's like who cares we see that story every day yeah that's true I, do you need to read a book about it no i don't but i did like i like the way he presented it a lot uh, but i also feel like the seeing these like quasi-primitive people like discovering ancient technology that mm -hmm. is super advanced and like trying to figure it out would be interesting to see i mean i, I think it's cool even in just i'd rather retrospect. read about the spiders you mean the spiders that are definitely not dead and still alive at the end of the book i mean who knows i don't i think we know because you just said that this <laughs> next book's about the spiders do you think anyone listening thinks that the sequel doesn't have any spiders in it i mean it could have why it's all about like uh nobody thinks squirrels. that there's no spiders or no left. so the other thing the other creature that is frequently mentioned in the book that is evolved and is not a spider or an ant because there are two different types of spiders they mention. There's also crabs. Crabs? Crabs. I do not. Oh, right. Yeah. They, in the water. They live in the water. Well, right. That's where crabs live. And they have like a whole Atlantis thing. Now, I would also be down for, for like a crab a, story. A crab story. And then the, <laughs> the British lady could like read the entire thing through like a little like bubble filter. Like bloop, 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 bloop. Go on. How would that sound? The crabs of the water. That was pretty good, right? Yeah, yeah, that was surprisingly I don't know. Good. I need some sort of a filter. Like a bubble filter. Yeah, a bubble filter. Okay, we'll get you one for the next episode. Uh, actually, though, it is entirely possible that that is what SpongeBob SquarePants actually was. Mm. Is it uh, meant to be read or viewed in tandem? With Interesting. This book? I think you should tweet at Adrian and ask him. Yeah, I'll definitely get on that. I'm definitely going to tell him that we started this podcast. Uh, do, you, do you know him? No, not yet. Oh, I guess you have a giant Twitter following. I forget. I have an okay Twitter following. Yeah, I have no people on Twitter. Okay, tell me this. Uh -huh. Do you like spiders more after reading this book? I always liked spiders. You like spiders? Uh, like you see one and you're like, great, there's a spider here? Usually. No, you do not. Yeah, because they eat the bad things. What if it's in your house and it's poisonous? Well, if it's it? poisonous, then no, but very few spiders are poisonous. It's extremely If you have a spider amounts. in your house and it's not poisonous, you're like, cool, you can stay here with yeah. me? I, we have like a tacit agreement, me and the spiders, that it's like you stay out of my shower where I'm naked and you stay out of my bed and everywhere else is fine. How do you communicate this? To uh, it sounds like your house is covered in spiders. Uh, occasionally. Uh, oh my God. The last time I was at your house, there were spiders there. Yeah. See, they're my friends. <laughs> I didn't I didn't like it. I like it. Okay. Uh, usually I will like pick them up gently and then say, okay. you're not supposed to be here. 
I try to shepherd them away from my dog. Who will eat them? Is it sorry? This is while you're naked in the shower. Uh, yeah. You would gently pick them up and say you're not Generally, supposed to be here. Okay. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I'll like kind of squirt a little water at them to try and get them to move, but hopefully okay. not kill them. Not weird at all. Doesn't um, always work. Do you want to know if I like spiders more? Uh, clearly. Um, I do not. <laughs> I, here's the thing. It made me like sometimes when I tell people about this book, they're like, "Oh, gross! I don't want to hear about spiders." While I was reading it, I think that I in my head was picturing some other kind of creature or yeah, like a I mean, friendly it's a spider. spider with a nice face There's, or something. So the, one of the things I really like is the first time the humans see the spiders who oh you my God, have, it's horrifying. you have listened to them like, and you're like, Oh, these spiders are very cool. They're very smart. Yeah, They're they very seem good. Non-threatening. Everything seems fine. One of them comes up to a human and is like waves. Hello. And they just like shoot it in the face <laughs> and you're like, Oh yeah, it's a spider. Wouldn't you? Because by the way, one of the things that happens is they evolve as they get bigger. Yeah, I think I I would probably shoot this spider in the face because it is like are you pulling up a picture of it? High. What are you doing? No, what I'm going to show you is that uh, Ashley again was telling me that when she read the book, she was picturing the spiders as these adorable like spider creatures. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. But they're they're definitely spiders. What she sent me. I don't. Under- <laughs> I'm really surprised that you're on the side of the spiders. I didn't see that coming. Yeah, I've never been a, a like creepy crawlies. Don't freak me out. I have a, I should show you the picture of a girl I, I was with for a bit had a lot of bugs and there's a beetle about the size of your hand crawling over my arms. Beetles are fine. All right. Also, do I need to remind you this is not a dating podcast? Uh, if anyone out, out there is listening, Toby is single. If you're wondering, you have to like spiders. You have to like really be okay it's with a house true. full of spiders. My old roommate was terrified of spiders. Like jump on the top well, of the table. Well, he must not have liked that you let spiders live in your house. Well, I didn't tell him. Okay, well. I just moved them all to his room. So, yeah, if you're single uh, and love spiders and or want them all over you. Yeah. <laughs> or if you are a spider. You got to be Toby. a cute spider, though. There's okay. none of this. Yeah. I mean, the last thing I can think of to talk about is the um, like the generational spider thing. Yes. Which we haven't talked about yet. The The like shared memory thing. Yeah. Yeah, so there's an interesting... Which is, we mentioned earlier, yeah. there's a cool plot device that makes you care about this, like, across... Yeah, there's a couple. So the the nanovirus, we, we mentioned a little bit that the nanovirus was to help accelerate evolution, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the way that it does that is it allowed genetic memory to be passed on so that one, one spider could give birth to another spider that would remember exactly what the previous one had, uh, which is obviously not a normal thing yeah. that happens, but is kind of a somewhat uh, popular sci-fi trope. So that makes it so they evolve way, way quicker because they re- literally remember what the previous generation right. did. Right, and they can like remember the mistakes that they yep. made and they can grow from it. Yeah, and eventually they evolve an that individual. technology even more so that they're actu- able to actually like immediately learn. So the other thing that we didn't mention about the nanovirus, though, is that it also it forces empathy on them. Right. Like it, it forces this feeling of like shared camaraderie. Right, because it's creature. like it's trying to like form communities. Yes. So that and it's trying like ultimately, I feel like only within their species. Worth yes. pointing out, but that is the that is the thing that that is the I think in a lot of ways the most important. Like that is what the experiment ultimately was was that humanity is so damaged, and the reason they're so damaged is because they don't have this enforced mm. empathy gene, and so they're they're basically saying we're going to start over, we're going to make new humans. We're going to make it so that they is have that to love and respect themselves. Is that themselves. what they say in the book? No, I believe they say it in the book. Yeah. There's, they keep talking about this like natural inclination to not harm others of their same species. And naturally, all species have that to some extent. Like yeah. even humans now, like you feel bad when you kill another human unless you're a sociopath, right? Yeah. Um, 
and so that that is something that they actively like brought out in these creatures like they make a really big point of it's a really big deal for spiders to kill each other except for you know females killing males when they mate because right. fuck, you males know, don't count who cares about the males yeah let's be honest yeah uh, they got to mate they got they got all they wanted so uh but other than that like it they don't really kill each other ever and it's like a huge deal um and that is obviously extremely like anti the way humanity works yeah. Right. Well, and so it's cool because every basically every chapter of the spiders, you're seeing a new generation that's yep. like some amount of years in the future. But every time you see this species or whatever it is, she's just called Portia. And so it feels like you're continuing yep. the same and they story. Have, they have other ones, too. They have like Bianca becomes yeah. a reoccurring and character. And what's the male? I can't remember his name. Uh, Steve? It's like, I don't know. It's no, it's like Steve. Horatio or something. Yeah, it is he something sounds like, like that. a it's jester. Like, yeah, or Joaquim or something. Yeah. It's not, it's not no, that. It's, a, it's neither of those. It's like... Um, it doesn't matter because Hercules. Isn't it something like that where it's, it's like Hercules. funny because it's a strong name? No. And he's a weak little spider. I mean, no. I don't remember what it is, Hercules. but it's not it's not Hercules. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which would be pronounced Heracles, by the way, as you should know from Assassin's Creed Odyssey. We're playing Assassin's Creed right now. Yeah, ancient Greece is good. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, yeah, so it's it's very cool. Let's talk about what do we see happening with this podcast. Uh, what can our listeners look forward to? I expect to? to make a lot of money and quit my job. <laughs> That's the step one. Adrian, if you're listening. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm sure you're swimming in that book money yeah. that I've heard so much about. Well, we're about to get him more book money. Well, obviously. It's kind of like a um, give and take relationship, oh, I, I symbiotic. That, uh, that Lisa, you know, Lisa. Yeah. I'm trying to get Lisa to get it, to read the book. I think mm. she's going to. Uh, she has rented it from the library mm. because she is super cheap. Mm. And so Adrian is not getting any of that money. Okay. She's our financial officer, well, so that's good. If you're if you're listening, we encourage you to buy the book because in theory, maybe someday we'll get royalties from that book. I mean, definitely someday. Yeah. I believe we are already. Yeah. I'll check in. We'll on share the, our link in the show notes. Check with my manager and see what he says. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah. I think this will be fun. So we so our plan is every episode we talk to a different person who has read the book. And or then not we read just the book. kind of bombard them with talking like we normally do. Yeah, and we make them admit that it's the best book ever written. If they disagree, we yell at them and kick them off the show. Yeah, uh, I'll fight them if they think it's not good. Okay, that'll actually happen. Like we'll just listen to you fighting yeah. in the podcast. I'm not a okay. good fighter, so it won't. I do think it'd be funny to listen to you just yeah. cry the whole time. Just be a lot of heavy breathing and <laughs> me getting very tired. Yeah. If you're out there listening, uh, thank you for listening to however many hours long this this episode was. Um, if you have read Children of Time, tell us what you think about it. If you want to be on the show, hit us up. We'll have you on as a guest. If you haven't read Children of Time, why not? What's wrong with you? What yeah. are you doing with your life? Get on it. Why did you listen to this whole podcast? Yeah, you probably ruined the book. What's wrong with you? Yeah. Get out of here. Oh, no one man. wants you. It's terrible. But also call in and tell us why you haven't read the book yet. Also, if you have an idea of what format we should use this <laughs> podcast for, we yeah. clearly don't know what we're doing. I don't know if there is any podcast that exists that is just talking about the same book in every episode. I'm not sure. I think our thing is we talk about the same book every episode with a different person. Okay. And people just show up because of our charismatic personalities? No, because they're passionate oh, about the book. because they like spiders. Time share. Time They're in the pyramid share. scheme. Do Are timeshares like, a pyramid scheme? Yes. I feel like we're mixing metaphors. No, they are. Uh, well. No, they're different. 
No, they are. You get you get like a referral thing if you get someone else to sign up, which is all accounts. I once was attempted <laughs> to be pitched a timeshare. I got pitched a timeshare. I almost did it. I, I was like, convinced. I kind of got divorced over it. Okay. That's a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's Toby's relationship podcast. It's a dark podcast. Yeah. Listen, if you want to hear Toby talk about his relationships, uh, let him know. Maybe he'll start that podcast. Yeah, we can get a second podcast going. You can. I, I won't got be on that time. one. <laughs> okay. I'll hire a professional editor. All right, be Toby, close us out with your British accent. Please tell me something about spiders. Oh, I love spiders because they've no, got... No, <laughs> you're doing away... No, I mean the David Attenborough. Oh, okay. There it is. Uh, I think I've lost it entirely. No, you can do it. To be the lady. Oh, yeah, I have to channel the lady. Spider, spiders are incredibly resourceful with their eight legs and many 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 eyes is that no that was not so good it was much worse i feel like the wine has had a detrimental effect for, just to be clear you've had about one sip of wine I've yeah had about that's eight a glasses lot of wine. i feel like you started out british and then went like indian somehow <laughs> you know that was a british colony so i know kind yeah of maybe sense. you're historically accurate yeah like, what I do i know that's that's true can you say one sentence and we'll use it in the podcast? Just be the British lady. Say something about spiders. The female spider. No, bad. Nope, I can't do it. I think it's gone. No, you had it. I think I'm thinking about it too much and it's gone. Just say it without thinking about I need it. A, <laughs> I need something to say. The problem is trying to think of something to say. And... Let me, I'll look up some spider facts for you. Yeah. Here's one. Do you know that um, Adrian Tchaikovsky has a book called Spider Light and it's not related to Children of Time? What? Does this guy got like go. a weird spider thing? Spiders are <laughs> air-breathing. Oh. <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> what the hell are these words? Just read it. <laughs> the spiders are air-breathing arthropods that have eight legs and chelicry with fangs <laughs> able to inject venom. They are the largest order of arachnids and rank seventh in total species diversity amongst all the orders of organisms. Wow, that was so good. Uh, that was terrible. No, I loved it. Ooh, what? I don't... What the hell is this word? Chelicure? No Chelicre? idea. Can you click on it? No, it's just text. <laughs> That's not how the internet works. Oh, there's some good facts about spiders. Look at that spider. He's got a lot of legs. All right. Do we have a sign off in this episode? I can't remember. I mean, we have tons of stupid crap we've said. We could just put No, but something. do we have like an ending to the podcast? Uh, yeah, I think you said goodbye, but then we rambled for 20 <laughs> minutes afterwards. <laughs> At what part did we cut it off? <laughs> And like we always say, thanks for time, Sharon. <laughs> God damn it. Like we always say, thanks keep for time, time. Sharon. <laughs> yeah, we just keep on. Uh-huh. Read the book about the spiders. Like we always say, spiders keep on in time, space. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Ready? Like we always say, <laughs> keep, keep on, on time, time, Sharon. Sharon. <laughs> oh, no. Uh.